Welcome to the Data Science Ethics Podcast. My name is Lexi and I'm your host. This podcast is free and independent thanks to member contributions. You can help by signing up to support us at datascienceethics.com. For just $5 per month, you'll get access to the members-only podcast, Data Science Ethics in Pop Culture. At the $10 per month level, you will also be able to attend live chats and debates with Marie and I. Plus, you'll be helping us to deliver more and better content. Now, on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Data Science Ethics Podcast. This is Marie Weber and Lexi Casson. And today we are going to do an oldie but a goodie. Lexi, let's talk about Taybot. Oh, boy. Taybot was an AI-powered chatbot that was released by Microsoft, and they actually released it in a couple of different places, but it's most known for being released on Twitter. Yes, it was infamous for under 24 hours. Yes. Now, this happened back in 2016, so this is a little bit of a throwback, but we have referred to Taybot on a few different episodes, so we figured we would finally take the opportunity to dive into this one just a little bit. So this is a quick take on something that happened a few years ago at this point. Yep. And unfortunately, a lot of the material about the training of Tay and some of the releases from Microsoft have all been taken down because it is so long ago, but there are articles that still refer to some of that. So we'll post some links on those with this episode. Yep. So definitely take a look at the links that we're going to provide in the show notes. We're going to talk a little bit more just about the the new story from 2016 that was Taybot. To start off with, basically Microsoft had started by collecting data and then they went through a process of cleaning the data and filtering the data and developing this chatbot. Correct. There was some discussion about the fact that they used what they perceived as relevant public data to train their AI chatbot, their their agent, and then they released it into the wild. Now, they gave no guardrails as to topics that could be covered. They gave no guardrails as to position or ethical statements or anything like that to this chatbot. They just put it online to see what would happen. And what happened was trolls. Yes, on Twitter. So there you go. The other thing is that it, because they were able to basically see how it interacted with people over the the span of 16 hours, I believe was the time that it was actually up, they were able to see how it fluctuated. So on different topics, it would post one type of, you know, affirmative and, you know, being supportive of like a group online. And then over time, it would then post negative comments about those groups. So again, you can go to the links that we provide for this podcast and look at some of the different tweets in specific. But some of the headlines that you'll see are, you know, Microsoft silences new AI bot Tay after Twitter users teached it racism. Yes. What should be noted in this is that it didn't make the AI racist. The AI was mimicking comments that it was reading or that were being directed at it. So it's not like the AI was truly intelligent and was trying to come up with some sort of an ideology of its own or make up its mind about a topic it was learning speech patterns and the speech patterns that it was being taught by these Twitter trolls were 
negative and racist and biased and so forth. So the other interesting thing, and this was something that I didn't realize about this story, was after Taybot was taken down, Microsoft actually released a new chatbot. Correct. There is another chatbot, and it may still be up at least on some platforms. It was called Zoe, Z-O. It was meant to speak as though it were a teenage girl. So it's supposed to sound like a 13-year-old. They tried to get around the same issues that Tay had experienced by specifically programming Zoe to never talk about certain topics ever, no matter what. It will not talk about religion. It will not talk about politics. And it gets really ornery when people try to have it talk about those subjects. There was an article that we saw that said that Zoe was somehow worse than Tay because she was just so annoying. I say she, it's an it, but it is supposed to have a female persona that Zoe would reply with basically trying to shut down someone's conversation if they brought up topics that were of a religious or political nature, especially. Both Tay and Zoe were published to Twitter, Kick, and GroupMe primarily. Tay also had a Facebook page, although I don't think it was as interactive. It should be noted that Twitter was really where the majority of the problems came in because it was Correct. so quick to pick up on topics and have these conversation streams. And there are just so many people on Twitter that were willing to interact in this negative capacity. It really seemed to be a coordinated effort. And of course, this always makes me think of anticipating adversaries. Absolutely. That's a, this is a whole group of adversaries that launched essentially an attack upon an AI to try to make it be something it was not intended to be. You know, well done to Microsoft for recognizing that it had veered horribly off course and taking Tay offline quickly. Yep. But the damage, unfortunately, had already been done. They spent months afterwards revamping before they released Zoe to try to avoid these types of problems happening again. But the, the Quartz article that we linked to that talks about Zoe describes their approach to how they fixed it as censorship without context. So the fact that Zoe just wouldn't engage in certain topics isn't necessarily really a fix. It's like a, a detour. Correct. It's an easy way out because then you don't have to provide an ideology that's controversial. I mean, the topics that were being discussed that were being flagged as problematic are often controversial topics amongst people. It was politics, it was religion, it was racial and political ideologies that are not something that people agree on universally. So trying to pick an ideology and imbue that somehow into a point of view that will be conveyed by an AI is very, very difficult. Even now, even as, as we've gotten further along in AIs, there is not, at least as far as I've seen, an AI that has a set of beliefs. 
There are AIs that can mirror things they've read before or seen before or been told before, but they don't necessarily have a coherent and sound belief system. There are AIs that have argued in the context of a debate. There are AIs that have written articles like GPT-2. There are AIs that can appear as though they think about a topic. Really what they're trying to do is coalesce information. It's not that the AI believes something. It's that it knows about all these other places where it's been written. Correct. And for example, with AIs that have learned to debate, they're taking information and formulating it into an argument, not necessarily because they believe that argument, but because they know how to structure an argument. Correct. And they could just as easily be given the opposite position. Exactly. And formulate a response to their own argument. The AI then obviously would not know which position won. The thing that it was programmed to do, which is create an argument, had been accomplished. So does this also make you think about retain responsibility? Yes, and Microsoft very much did in this case. They took the onus of recognizing that things had gone horribly haywire, took down the bot, made profuse apologies about it. They moved on to a project that while attempting to uh, achieve the same end goal, took a very different path, as you talked about, kind of that avoidance rather than truly giving a point of view to an AI. I think Microsoft definitely did retain responsibility for what was being done to Tay. And I think it also served as a fairly early proof of concept in the industry for bots like this. That was really at the start of a humongous upswing in chatbots. True. Chatbots are now being used all over the place. I mean, think of probably most of the websites that you visit on a daily basis for any fairly large organization is likely to have a chatbot to help with some aspect of usage. And that's something that has only really come about in the last few years. Tay was at the very start of that. Correct. We've come a long way, but there's still not an AI that actually believes an argument. The question that I keep thinking about is, is it possible for an AI to have a set of beliefs? Truly. Belief is such a human construct. Yeah, that feels like a similar question to, can an AI have feelings? Yeah. I don't know that it's something we can answer. I think it's another of those questions that's just going to be floating out there. (laughs) Yay, another question that we are not going to be able to answer on this podcast. But now it's out there. Well, and really, that's the question that most people start worrying about when they think about AI overlords or something like that, is will the computer formulate a belief system that is counterproductive to the existence of humanity? That's that core post-apocalyptic, the machines are going to get us all kind of question. But the part of that that I really wonder about is, is it possible for a computer to have a belief, for, a, for an AI to formulate a belief without it being given that belief somehow? And then the follow-up would be, if presented with new information, 
would they be able to change their belief or would they stick to the original belief? And honestly, if we model this after humans, there are humans that don't change their beliefs in the face of new evidence for an opposing view. So how much confidence do we have that a computer would do that? But there are humans that do change their beliefs. There are. So. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there that what happens? Who's, who's programming this thing? I feel like it's the computer version of who's driving this thing. Great question. Were there other aspects of Tay you wanted to touch on? I think those were the main things. I just wanted to make sure that we took a moment to circle back on this because we had talked about it in a few other podcasts. And it is an interesting use case, especially now that it has been a few years since it came out, that we can look back and see how that example has led to other things that we now see as more everyday and commonplace. And it also shows why to get those chatbots that we see around us on a more frequent basis to a point where they could be launched, there had to be some guardrails that were put up and there had to be, you know, some of those practice areas that we talk about really implemented for chatbots to be able to have a, a commercial use, so to speak, at this point. I think it's a really good test case when you think about what would have happened if, for instance, Google Assistant was Tay. Oh, no. <laughs> You that, know, that would not work. It's a it's a great test case that Microsoft put this out to the world and said, do what you will with this. And they saw what some of the worst of humanity could be in 16 hours and went, okay, well, now we know. Let's just take that away. You don't get to play with that toy anymore. We're going to go deal with this separately. And there's merit to that. Yeah, that iterative that scientific approach and testing and experimentation. And in this case, really, you're experimenting on the entire population of the internet, which is not a great place, if we're all honest. And that's what Tay found out very quickly. And even potentially with Zoe, even though maybe it just kind of detoured around some areas, it still was able to show a more consistent approach to the conversation that it was able to have because it wasn't able to be derailed as much. True. It was not able to be derailed from certain topics, but it also, from the sounds of things, and I've not played with the Zoe bot, uh, it sounds like Zoe hops topics quite a bit. It doesn't necessarily stay focused. I think it just allows it to skirt the controversy more than trying to keep focus on a, a specific conversation or a specific topic that it's trying to be part of. Exactly. So we'll see what other chat bots and other voice assistant applications come out over the next few years. And it'll be interesting to just kind of keep in the back of our minds that Tay and Zoe were some of these early experiments in the space. That's it for this episode of the Data Science Ethics Podcast. This is Marie Weber. And Lexi Casson. Thanks so much. Catch you next time.
We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Data Science Ethics Podcast. If you have, please like and subscribe via your favorite podcast app. Join in the conversation at datascienceethics.com or on Facebook and Twitter at DSEthics. Also, please consider supporting us. For just $5 per month, you can help us deliver more and better content. See you next time when we discuss model behavior. This podcast is copyright Alexis Casson, all rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by DJ Shaw Money. Find him on SoundCloud or YouTube as DJ Shaw Money Beats.